I've just had to look up the worst thing I've ever had to look up, just so you all know. Oh, God. Are you, do you have to share it, or is it no, better well, off not being shared? It'll come up later. Okay, right. great. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor. There's a fellowship, and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff, and I guess a few hobbits. I, li- I like hobbits. <laughs> I've always felt actually a good kinship with hobbits because they eat and they drink and sends him on a quest. Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed. Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the green dragon. So you want to read Tolkien. Reading The Fellowship of the Ring. All right, welcome to episode 47. Chapter 12. Uh, chapter 12. Flight to the Ford. Yay! Quick apology for missing last week. It turns out that we were all kind of busy. Yep. Whoops. By which I mean you were playing Kingdom Hearts. Hey, you were Valid. busy too. I was, I was swamped. I've, I had a miserable So leave. it wasn't just <laughs> me forgetting about the rest of my life. We've only waited for that game for like 15 years, <laughs> so. 13. But I've now finished it, so... There's that. <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, let's get right into chapter 12. Awesome. Our characters in chapter 12 are the usual suspects. We have Frodo, who is our favorite hobbit and has recently been stabbed. Then there's also Sam, Mary, and Pippin, who have not currently been stabbed. Strider, who is our uh, Dunedain ranger, has also not been stabbed. The Black Riders are super creepy stalkers, and they are the ones that stabbed Frodo. And then we also meet Glorfindel. He's an elf, and once upon a time he stabbed a Belrog, uh, and then he died and came back because uh, Tolkien accidentally used his name twice. Womp womp. Yay, I love rewriting your entire mythology just because you <laughs> fucked up. To be fair, right? he, didn't, he didn't rewrite it. He just... Uh, Pretended it was there all the time? He, well, it was there all the time. He just sort of decided to use it. Which wasn't something that he'd done before. Because, like, the whole idea that the elves go to the halls of Mandos and can't come back, that already existed. He was just like, oh, so I guess this one came back. Yeah, like, we just had this epic tale of, you know, Baron and Luthien, and, oh, it was such a big deal that he came back, and then, oh, by the way, here we're meeting this other dude who came back, too, but we don't care. He's not a big deal. But Baron was human, so he wasn't supposed to come back. That's fair. They go to a different... Mandozy place, or they, or do they, or no, they don't go to Mandos at all. <laughs> no one knows, and they just someone might a... know. Someone might tell us. I forget. Well, I think if... I mean at least for the Silmarillion, like the elves have no idea where the humans go. Right. The whole point is right. Like, we don't know what what these things do. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to the short summary. Right. Anyway, <laughs> and stop talking about our own ignorance. Yeah. We don't really care much about Glorfindel anyway. He's not our one. He's just <laughs> vaguely interesting. Well, I was talking about this with someone on Twitter, but like the animated movie also replaces Glorfindel with a more important character. Not Arwen, because I don't think Arwen's even in the animated movie. But I just think it's interesting that both movies were just like, yeah, this guy doesn't matter. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, I think adding Arwen makes sense, but 
it's just yeah funny like okay in the animated it was legolas amazing they were they were ahead of their time with like the hobbit movie thing yeah it's one of the my most like biggest memories of that movie because i haven't seen it in like 15 years but i will never forget strider's it's legolas as he gets off the horse. <laughs> it's really hilarious <laughs> all right now i request a, a clip but um for where we're at right now in the book as Frodo fades from his wound, our group walks more hastily toward Rivendell. <laughs> they meet an elf named Glorfindel along the way, who helps guide them the final stretch. As the Black Riders approach, Frodo rides across the river to safety on the back of Glorfindel's majestic horse. Or, Frodo and Aragorn begin their long romance. That was my input. Which valid. We, we will dive into a little bit deeper here in the longer <laughs> summary. Go team. So... <laughs> so we start the chapter with Frodo waking up, the Black Rider's gone, Strider wandered off, and there are some very worried hobbits all around. Frodo sort of, in a daze, asks, where is the Pale King? Which I'm mostly including here, because if you're like Sam or Merry or Pippin, that must be the weirdest thing, that Frodo <laughs> be like out from being stabbed, and then be left alone. In the, like They haven't moved like they did in the movie, they're still on Weathertop, in the same spot where they were just attacked. Their human dad protector has taken off, and their, like, hobbit leader person comes out of being unconscious and is just like, where's the Pale King? That must be the weirdest thing ever. So creepy. Um, but also, from the other reactions, Frodo learns that they didn't see the same thing he saw when he put the ring on. They just saw the Black Riders. They didn't see the human shaped white things that he saw. So, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, Strider returns and says he was trying to figure out where the riders had gone, um, but he couldn't find anything. He takes a look at Frodo and tells Marion Pippin to boil some water, which makes me think of every period drama I've ever seen. <laughs> Get the man out of the room while during childbirth. <laughs> Go yeah. boil water. It, it specifically <laughs> reminds me of a line from the, the 1985 uh, Anna Green Gables miniseries where Anne tells somebody to boil water and says something like, if you had any imagination, you would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Strider pulls Sam aside and tells him that there was only five of the enemy around them or that attacked them, uh, which seems a lot to me, considering that they were up against one Strider and four little <laughs> hobbits. But Strider thinks that only being at five instead of their full number is why they backed off. Um, also, they do think now that their goal has been achieved and that Frodo is not going to make it. So they got to get out of there. Close call. Well, yeah. So then Strider takes off again into the wilderness. And I don't think he really said why. He's just like, boil some water. Watch Frodo. Keep him warm. Bye. Is this also Which... where he was like, they think they've got him, but Frodo is stronger than they know. Yeah, he did have a bit of a... He he gave Sam a pep talk. He's like, don't worry. Or maybe he was just thinking to himself, like, or a bit of both. Frodo's made of stern stuff, like Gandalf told me, and I didn't believe. So then um, Frodo dozes throughout the night, and Strider's, like, gone basically until after dawn. And when he returns, he brings with him a piece of black cloth, a black sword, and a plant. <laughs> I don't know how to work in my joke here, but... Like gifts for the baby Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he is a, you know wise king 
it just seems I don't know. The whole thing is odd. The ripped black cloth uh, is the only bit from that Frodo managed to injure when he stabbed at the feet of the black rider who had stabbed him. Which, I mean, I still think is kind of impressive considering who that particular black rider is and who Frodo is. And his pain and all that stuff going on. Yeah, and everything that was happening. He was busy. He was busy and, like, I'm sure no other hobbit has ever even tried to stab at, you know, the Witch King. Although we don't know that's who it is at the moment. But again, as I've noted here, <laughs> future Mary is probably laughing at that idea, but it's fine. <laughs> but we don't know anything yet. Yeah, no. So the blade Strider holds up just in time for everyone to see it kind of melt away like a poof of smoke. And uh, But Strider does say it is the blade that stabbed Frodo, and there's something particularly evil about it, which as it literally just melted away in a puff of smoke, I think we all could have figured out. <laughs> but he knows things. Yeah. Um, but few and few now have the knowledge to heal wounds that are made with this type of blade, which just brings us back to our complaints about the Hobbit movies. But, you know, whatever. That's fine. And that also brings us to the plant that Strider brought, which is called Athelas. And Men of the West King's apparently foil. brought it. Hey, he doesn't say anything about King's Foil, even though we just talked about things that haven't happened yet a lot. <laughs> Shush you. Mm-hmm. The plant's important. Um, the men of the West. The men of the West brought it, presumably from Numenor, I think is what he was sort of implying here. And it only really grows in places that they've lived because they planted it. Which is also interesting because in the movie, Sam calls it a weed. And weeds spread like holy shit. Right? So I don't think it is a weed. And also, I don't think Sam had heard of it here. So that also makes me angrier about the Hobbit movie bullshit. It's fine. Yep. It's fine. Deep breaths. So Strider puts the plant in the boiling water and bathes Frodo with it along his shoulder and his back. And it's just, it's all very period drama romancy. That's all I'm saying. It's a big trope right here. Maybe it wasn't when this book was written. But it is now. But, you know, Arwen doesn't make it in this chapter. So Frodo, no, not Frodo, sorry. Uh, er, uh, Str- Jesus. So Strider's got to put his romantic tension somewhere. Right. We need that roadside flirting. Yeah. Um, Frodo does think that, you know, he feels like the cold is that was spreading through him is less and that sort of thing, but his arm still feels like dead and useless at his side. So it's helping a little bit, but it isn't like curing him. Uh, they then decide to leave Weathertop as the riders are still around and it's daylight now. Frodo is injured. It's clearly Gandalf's not there and probably isn't going to be showing up since they're <laughs> surrounded by black riders. So the hobbits divide up their supplies that the pony was carrying and put Frodo on the pony since he can't really walk and they all start off south to Rivendell. I would have some questions about weight distribution, but we don't really care about that. We gotta let the logistics go. One one hobbit does not weigh as much as enough food for them for this long and their supplies for everything. All right. So they continue. Cutting across country with uh, Frodo's health not getting any better, and Strider being really uneasy that he has seen no evidence of the Black Riders either in front of or behind them, and like a bunch of days pass. I'm glossing over stuff here. <laughs> As I said, travel time is they, in flux. They walk yeah, again. I'm, I'm <laughs> from like in the movie, they go from Frodo stabbed on Weathertop to there at the trolls. That takes like two weeks here. Yeah. yeah. You're right. In the movie, it's like two minutes. Yeah. Um, so now we pause for a geography lesson. 
Uh, Aragorn talks about how they have two rivers they have to cross before they reach Rivendell. The first is the river Horwell, and that they have to cross on a bridge. And so they do have to get back to the main road. The second is the Bruinen, which they have to cross at the ford, which is also on the main road. But um, when, uh, I don't know, Merry or Pippin brings that up, Strider is just like, let's just worry about the bridge for now. <laughs> One river at a time. Good, um, good but, motivation speech. Yeah. But both places are, of course, prime ambushing places since they are the only places to cross at these rivers. And now we return to our regularly scheduled walking. <laughs> they do uh, get to the bridge eventually, and Strider sort of hides his his little children in the trees and scouts ahead, but finds no evidence of Black Riders, only a small jewel, which he calls a barrel or an elf stone, on the bridge. Uh, he takes this as a good sign, and they all cross, though they do get off the road again basically as soon as they're on the other side. As they start cutting across the countryside, once they are, are on the other side of the bridge, Frodo recognizes the landscapes around them uh, from descriptions in Bilbo's adventures and asks, asks Strider who used to live in this area and if they are in troll country. Uh, Strider says that they're not in troll country and the people who used to live in the ruins that they are passing became an evil people and fell under the shadow of Angmar but no one lives in the area now. So I didn't look anything up on a map, but I'm pretty sure that puts us still then in the North Country uh, Arnor. Yes? Which eventually became a part of Angmar. You know, I didn't look at a map either, so I'm, I can't be totally sure. I hate this because normally I'm recording sitting under my map. In front of your map? <laughs> <laughs> my My atlas is currently buried under five books, so... <laughs> I didn't pull it out because it was going to be a disaster. <sighs> to be fair, three of it's those okay. books are Tolkien books. Four. Four of those five <laughs> books are Tolkien books. I should have really just pulled it out. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, well. But anyway, so yeah, part of what used to be Arnor, the men of the West kingdom in the north. God, that was a lot of directions. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pippin then asks Strider how he knows what happened if no one lives here now. And Strider says that the heirs of Elendil do not forget all things past. Which, I mean, he could just be saying that people pass things down, but considering that we do know who he is, I think it He lives forever! Well, he doesn't live forever, but also he is referring to himself here. Mm-hmm. Also, he's melodramatic and... He is. ...wants to move the plot along. Um, he also says that the people at Rivendell remember many things, and Frodo asks if he has spent much time there. Strider then does admit that he lived there for a time, and says that that is where his heart is. Which could be interpreted two ways. You know, that that's like how he feels, what he feels his home is. But also maybe there's somebody special there. I don't know. Who, maybe Frodo's a little be? jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, were you saying something? I was just going, who might that be? They walk a bunch more, but have to skirt around some difficult terrain because Frodo can't walk or climb and he's still on the pony. And anyways, they get a bit off course and then they have to get back on course. So they do have to do some of the difficult areas and Frodo does eventually have to walk, which is kind of a climbing situation. And it all just sucks. He's not getting any better. And so Sam asks Strider about this as the wound has healed and it was a very small wound. And Frodo's still not really improving. And 
Strider just says that Frodo has been touched by the weapons of the enemy and there's some poison or evil at work that is beyond my skill to drive out. So it's not like Frodo is bleeding out. It's that something is in him and it's bad. I think this is where it's interesting, the contrast, because we hear how Frodo is feeling and him talking about the cold and stuff, but the rest, mm-hmm. it, they're like, what's going on? I mean, you just... Yeah, I... Until this bit, I'd forgotten that the other hobbits probably were all just like, what is wrong? What is happening? Especially since it doesn't sound like Frodo is as visibly bad as he was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just sort of like slowly and fading, but not like... Getting hypothermia? Yeah. Sort of. Just kind of not, weakening slowly. Not mm-hmm. making wraith noises back at the wraiths? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not not that I'm complaining. I thought that that was really interesting how they did it in the movie. Just, It's a much slower evil in the book, mm-hmm. which I guess you could apply that to the entire book. It's much slower. Yeah. <laughs> not not necessarily a bad thing on either side. Nope. Just They're very different mediums. Different timelines. Yeah. So after that day of hard climbing, uh, Strider decides they must get back to the road because it'll just be an easier time and they'll be able to go faster and they would have to get back to the road eventually anyways to get to the ford. On their way back to the road, Pippin discovers a path, and nobody really knows where this path came from, and by nobody, I mean Strider, because obviously the hobbits don't, but Strider's, <laughs> most of the paths in this countryside are made by the Dunedain, and Strider has no idea where this path came from. So they follow it for a while, and it eventually leads them to a cave entrance in a low cliff. Uh, Mary and Strider go inside, and there's a bunch of old bones and empty jars, and not much in, but Pippin does say, this must be a troll hole. And everybody's a little freaked out by it. But they continue on along the path, uh, with Mary and Pippin kind of scouting ahead a bit. Eventually, the two of them run back, really scared, and say there are trolls up ahead. Despite what Strider said earlier about this not being troll company. Strider, looking very serious, picks up a very large stick, his usual weapon of choice, as we saw last chapter and tells them to show him where these trolls are. Everyone follows quietly until they all see three trolls. And they're all, like, all the hobbits are a little freaked out. But Strider just walks right up and hits them with a stick. <laughs> and says something like, get up, old stone. Uh, Frodo immediately laughs and, like, breaks the weird hobbit tension and tells Pippin that he's forgetting his family history and that these are, of course, the three trolls that tried to eat Bilbo and the dwarves. Uh... I think Strider says something like, like, shame on Pippin for trying to scare them all. Trolls don't even come out during the day. So, <laughs> either way, these were not going to be alive trolls. I just think it's funny that there was this suspicious path, path, a suspicious path, and then they decided to follow it. Why? I mean, where well, else were they going to go? They needed to get down. Literally and- anywhere. Aragorn knows where he's going. I feel like he probably knew another convenient path that wasn't suspicious. Okay. We needed tension. <laughs> I think uh, Tolkien wanted the callback. Yes. Which is fine. It's enjoyable. Uh, so then this kind of breaks a bunch of the tension and everybody's in a better mood after this. And so Mary asks for a song. And I forget exactly why, but he focuses his attentions on Sam. And Sam does eventually give in and sing a song I think for everyone. Frodo, Frodo would be the normal suspect, but he's like, uh, yes, a song would be good, but uh, not for me because I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> So Sam proceeds to sing the exact type of song that convinced me to just skip all the songs the first time I read these books, in that it 
bears absolutely no bearing on the plot. It doesn't give you any lore. It's like two pages long, and it's just a bunch of weird troll-inspired nonsense. Yeah. He does, however, yell the word boner. Yay. (laughs) Well, it was fun. This also actually um, made me wonder if maybe Tolkien was having a bit of a joke here. So I looked up the etymology of the slang uh, boner, but uh, that came about in the 1950s. And now my Google history knows that I looked up boner. (laughs) So, Ouch. Good times. That's great. Yeah, it's just weird. You know, like at least the silly song that Frodo sings, you have that humor of... It being like, hey, diddle, diddle. And it wasn't two pages. Was it? I don't I think mean, so. I think it was- <laughs> oh, the man in the moon one. Okay. Yeah. I Sorry, I was thinking about a different one. That one, though, that's what leads to him putting on the ring. Like, it goes directly into some plot. Yeah. No. This is literally just showing that Sam could write a song. Cool. Yeah, which, to be fair, afterwards... Mary's like, where did that song come from? Came, come from, And Frodo's like, obviously Sam wrote it. Uh, Frodo's also Sam's hype man. <laughs> Sounds more like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> well, that's only just because I've been disparaging on the song. I'm sure Frodo liked it just fine. It's obvious that Sam wrote it. <laughs> yeah. I thought I interpreted that more as Frodo being like, Sam writes songs. Yeah. Like, you guys didn't know this? Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, Frodo's other great romance, Samwise Gamgee. So true. Um, Sam seems uncomfortable with any sort of praise, though. He does. I mean, Frodo does poke a little bit at Sam, right? I'm learning a lot about Sam Gamgee on this journey. First, he was a conspirator. Now he's a jester. He'll end up by becoming a wizard or a warrior. Poor Sam. Frodo. (laughs) He's trying so hard. You're dying and you're still being mean to Sam. I don't think he's being mean, mean. I think he's being like, like friends you don't say mean shit to your friends sometimes it's just all the time like as i mean like if i'm not saying mean things do i probably don't like you That's, it is true anyways they continue walking yes <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the title of this podcast yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually they do hear a ominous clippity cloppity uh coming up behind them but i think there's also like some bells jingling on the horse so they're almost immediately like we don't think it's a black rider, so it's not very. <laughs> it's it's Doesn't not very sound stressful. Um, Strider does, however, still like make the others get off the road, and he goes and meets the the rider alone. But it is indeed an elf, and he greets uh, Strider with some Elvish, which I'm going to attempt to pronounce here, and that is, I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm, okay. <clears throat> Aina Vedui Dunadan, my Govanen. Hey. Beautifully done. Nicely done. Which roughly translates to, like, well met is the second bet. And, like, hey, at last you're here. Yep. Um, AKA, sup. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the ancient elf version of, hey, (laughs) been looking. (laughs) The the Miles Morales uh, hand on the shoulder. I maybe saw that movie this week again, so I was it was in my head. Um, so yeah, Glorfindel joins the party and says he's been searching for them for nine days. So he's just been going up the road, going back down the road, going up the road. What a boring job. <laughs> and 
we learn that the elf company the hobbits ran into back in the Shire warned Rivendell that hobbits were just walking around unprotected with a great burden. So Which, elves like, were why didn't they do something? Well, they did. Elves were set out in three directions to try to find them. No, but why didn't um oh what's oh, the face? elf His company? Name I already forgot. Yeah. Um yeah. It's like we know what you have, but toodles, I, have fun. I do think they immediately went in search of Gandalf. That's but fair. why they themselves didn't just stay with Frodo? I guess they, like the Eagles, had more important things to be doing. Yep. Or Although, hashtag plot. Yeah. Um, just as an aside here, now that we've met Glorfindel and are definitely assured that Arwen is not coming to meet the group here, I did want to mention that I don't think we've met any women yet. I mean, yeah, we've met Hobbit lasses. I, I, we met Lobelia, did Gold- we, or did we just hear about Lobelia? Oh, I guess we met uh, Tom's the uh, River Daughter. But Goldberry wife? is, yeah. Goldberry, I, does but, she count though? Well, that's, I mean, I guess even if we met Arwen, we wouldn't have met any woman. You, you mean any human or yes. non immortals? We would have met or whatever. Elf Lady. Well, I mean, she's still a woman. I had forgotten about Goldberry, to be fair, but still, that's one. <laughs> A, a tiny bit of Lobelia doesn't count, and a tiny bit of Mrs. Maggot doesn't count. No. Yeah. So, I think the uh, movies did right to replace... They they could have replaced more men with women. I mean, to be fair, right, like they tried to at least put Arwen in it more, and then Dubrow's put up such a stink that, you know... Yeah. Always ruining everything. I'm like... like I like what they did with the second movie... But also, I'm so interested to see what it would have been like if Arwen had been at Helm's Deep. Right. So, okay. anyways, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah, we're um, very not there. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah. drastically. Um, what else am I saying? And also, if 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 Tolkien had made this particular character a female, not necessarily Arwen, just you know, a female elf, he wouldn't have had this Glorfindel name problem. <laughs> he could have been. When? <laughs> I was trying to think of literally any other lady elf from the Silmarillion. Well, I mean, we, we don't meet many. We just hear about like the wives of people. No. Uh, the one they're all dead. The the really the pretty girl <laughs> from um, Gondolin, like who escapes with Glorfindel. She was important. Uh, Turgon's daughter, sister, whatever. You mean like I want to say the one who escaped incest with her cousin. Right? Is that who you're talking about? She was an important the person's one who, mother, though, wasn't she? So there's the dude, there's the son of the, the goth elf who was obsessed with a lady in the secret, secret place. Yes. Mm-hmm. And who was the lady in the secret, secret place? <laughs> Didn't her name start with an I? I don't even know anymore. I feel like, was she not the mother of Arendo? That's what I like, was Is that like, not how that happened? <laughs> As I went into it, I was like, wait, nope, that's that's who it is, yes. That's who I thought you were referring to, but I don't remember her name. I was like, oh, she's a lady, and I know she got out with uh, with Glorfindel, and then I realized but that- she's a swan. No, no, wait, that's Arendelle's <laughs> wife, not mother. Oh, Jesus. I'm so bad at this. I anyway. guess she's just- I guess she's just plain old dead. Yeah, the, the point or being, there aren't enough In ladies. the halls of Mandos. Yeah. Come on, Tolkien. I'm just going to look up her name because this is going to bother Idril. Idril. Oh, oh, I didn't hear you. Idril. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Tolkien. Tolkien, dude. 
stop with the men folk. If nothing else, it would be easier to keep the pronouns straight and attach them to the right character. So, so, so then the party walks. Surprise, Four. surprise. Um, to the to the Ford. But Glorfindel does put Frodo on his horse. Uh, so they put the supplies back on the pony. So now the hobbits can walk better. Also, Glorfindel tells Frodo that if the Black Riders come, Frodo is to just ride as fast as he can and just go. And at first, Frodo's like, I can't leave my friends. No. But then Glorfindel is like, dude, they're going to follow you. We'll be fine. And Frodo's like, oh, eh, good point. Um, Glorfindel sets a much tougher pace than Strider did, which I think is interesting. We see that Strider did have a little bit of a soft spot for his hobbit sons. Also, to be fair, they're closer to the end. Like, they could not have done that the entire time. I guess that's true. They eventually get within sight of the Ford, and dun-dun-dun, the Black Riders return. OMG. Glorf- pardon? Oh. OMG. I thought you said something about Gamgee. <laughs> oh, Gamgee. <laughs> that should be the new one. Oh, Gamgee. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Glorfindel tells Frodo to fly. The enemy is upon us. And eventually here... Glorfindel has a line that caused me once to almost lose some friendships. Hold on. I didn't write it down because I thought I would just know it. It's Noralim Asphaloth. Uh, Asphaloth. Asphaloth. Whatever the name of this horse is. Which I think just means go fast. Asphaloth. The name of the horse. Um, But one time I was watching the movie with some friends and Arwen says this line to the horse and they thought she was saying something in English. And I was like, no, she's saying Noralim, which means go fast. And we got into a big argument about it. And if you turn on the subtitles on the movies, they don't subtitle the Elvish. So we still <laughs> couldn't prove what she was saying. But you're right, as you always yeah. are. It was, I, we weren't at my house or I would have pulled out my fucking book and thrown it at them. Because <laughs> it was like two in the morning. I don't know. I got very, very angry because I was 17 and I was right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> apparently I'm still holding on to that one. I mean, rightfully so. Uh, so Frodo uh, has a moment where he's like, maybe I'll just stay and give him the ring. Why not? Everything would be cool. And there's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is them again. Influencing my mind. Those assholes. And his hatred and revulsion spurs him on across the ford. There's five riders behind them and behind him, and then they're joined by like four riders lying in different places in ambush in front of him. And we finally see all nine of the black riders together. <gasps> I guess we don't actually yet know that there is nine, but there's nine. What? Yeah, I think it's mentioned before that that there are nine. I guess someone finally yeah. calls them the nine. The nine, or they talk about where the other four are. So. Um, Frodo does just make it across the ford with, uh, around all of the Black Riders. As soon as he makes it across, though, he kind of thinks to himself, I guess they can cross too, so this doesn't really get me anywhere. But the Riders do seem reluctant to cross. And they kind of try to speak to him to come back to them. And he says, go back to Mordor without me. And they're like, come to Mordor with us. Very inviting. <laughs> and then Frodo yells at them and says, by Elbereth and Luthien the fair, you shall have neither the ring nor me. And then the riders start to cross the river towards him and the river comes and gets them. Heck yeah. <laughs> and takes them away. 
And for what an exit. <laughs> Frodo does say that looking at the water, it's almost like he can see white horses with riders galloping down in the water. And that is the end of book one of the... That's very confusing, but the three books are separated into six books. This is book... We're half done. Of fellowship. <laughs> we're half done fellowship. The first book of the first book. The yeah, fellowship you know the when you open a book and it's like book one and then you get a new book two. Well, so we're normally book one these days it says part one, probably for this exact reason. In case people are doing a podcast about that book and it gets and they really get confusing. very confused. Exactly. I guess in this day and age, you always have to plan for the podcast. Mm-hmm. No. Favorite bits? I just, I love so much that even though Glorfindel shows up, it's really like Frodo saving himself. And yeah, that's yeah, really nice. I do like that the big, too. The big challenge is him resisting the call and you know i mean it, it, early on i think what strider had said that better than the sword was invoking the name albareth and so he like for to resist long enough to call on these great ladies to help him ladies that we never actually get to see but whatever yeah. in this book but yeah it's i mean as much as i love adding arwen i like it being frodo himself resisting this i do agree and i do love the line, the by Elvereth and Luthien the Fair, you shall have neither the ring nor me. That's a good bit. It's such a good line. Iconic. And I feel like Sam's song could have been good if it weren't in the middle of a very tense chapter. Yeah, that should you be know, a bar song and not a... It's just this weird, goofy bit mm-hmm. when they're all like, let's run for our lives. So I feel like I would have liked it had it been better placed. I mean, it sounds like it belongs in The Hobbit. Yeah. Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. I always do love getting some Elvish also, because mm-hmm. Elvish is fun. And we had to work so hard on pronouncing it before. We gotta keep it up. By we, do you mean Caitlin? Because, man, my pronunciation is bad. It's, it, you have an accent, you know? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you, A lot you of speak people Elvish. have accents. No, you speak Elvish like you know German. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I said, we can use that excuse. I mean, I said that so condescendingly. <laughs> but like, I have no idea if I'm saying any of this right. Eh, base it on the films. We'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I mean... I liked how long everything took. I felt like that added an aspect of realism that gets passed over a lot. But that's not really something I, worthy of discussing. Yeah, I enjoyed... Once they got clear of Weathertop, I enjoyed how long everything took. Especially since... You could tell that even Strider was like, where are they? What is going on? You know, and that added a different type of tension to it than than what the movie went for. But I don't really understand why the Black Riders would have originally retreated unless there was like a fight scene between them and Strider that we just didn't see. Like, I don't like it was just they stabbed Frodo and the next thing we knew they were gone. And Strider was like, I don't know. Everybody like, we don't know. It does lack follow through. Right? I mean, I guess you we were can, given one job, guys. I guess we can just sort of headcanon that the fire and like literally Strider's plan of fire sticks worked. <laughs> I don't know. And it's it scared them off. Fire sticks. But if that's true, it just sort of completely undermines how evil and powerful they are in later books. And like, like if only a man can kill one of them, what does it even matter? Because he doesn't do that much. <laughs> or if yeah. no man can kill him. Sorry, if only a man can kill him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, one bit that I thought is an underappreciated 
line is when Frodo is shouting back at the riders. And he's like, go back to Mordor. Uh, and it's like, they halted. But but Frodo had not the power of Bombadil. Like, <laughs> what power does he have? God, stop invoking him without telling us what he is. The evil lord. Yep. Tom. At first, when I... Because... One of the characters in the song that Sam sings is named Tom. And I was like, mm-hmm. is he singing about Tom Bombadil? But no, he was, nope. I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, we had some good walking. Yeah. I think we're going to take a break from walking in the next chapter. And we're going to be somewhere. <laughs> we're going to be somewhere. Yeah. Wait, which one is the next chapter? It's many meetings. Many meetings. Okay. I thought it was the council, in which case we were going to exchange walking for talking. <laughs> I mean, we're still going to talk, but we're going to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. We'll have new characters, guys. Woo! New and old. If we were watching the movies, this would be the moment where you would switch to disc two. Uh, not, quite, a... not quite yet. No, well, I don't mean like exactly. I just okay. mean like we're at the bit, the switching bit, you know, like yes. not matching it up with the movie. I just mean, you know, <laughs> take a break, get some more popcorn, go to the bathroom, and we'll come back for the second half. <laughs> so weak. You just, you bury yourself in a pile of blankets and never move for hours and hours and hours. You know what, Rachel? It is bad for you if you don't go to the bathroom when you need to. It is physically bad for you. So if you you never drink anything, it's not a problem. See, I've tried that before and it doesn't work. (laughs) I distinctly remember drinking tequila sunrises. (laughs) Alcohol is the worst for not going to the bathroom, though. I mean, I guess, well, anyways. The real problem is, now that we're in book two, we have a chapter restart. So next week's homework is book two, chapter one. Oh, God, Tolkien, why? (laughs) Many meetings. So that's going to be fun for everyone. Not. It's going to be awful. Okay. Now, as a quick aside, I just wanted to mention, I was, you know, scrolling through Tumblr today, as I do. And I came across this one post that listed like some big prophecies from all of Tolkien's work, including the Doom of Mandos and the Witch King of Angmar and Melbeth's prophecy and the prophecy of Arendil and the Plantier prophecy about the tree. And then also the Riddle of Strider as written by Bilbo Baggins. (laughs) (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. So really prioritize those things. And I liked it so much and thought it was hilarious. And I honestly don't know if this person who made this, because it's a really nice little gift set, gif set, whatever you want to call them. It's nice. And I just don't know if this person doesn't know that that's not a prophecy. It's just a little thing that, that a little hobbit wrote about his friend or what. I, like, I don't know what was going on there. But yeah. anyways, it was funny. It's like that's like the first level of the whole putting um, not all those who wander are lost onto maps and things. Yeah. And tattoos and like separated. Like, first you get to the stage of calling this a great prophecy. And then you get to the stage of (laughs) this line is about people who travel and has nothing to do with. It wasn't even that line. It was the uh, crownless again shall we king. But But same poem. Yeah, same poem. All right. But we shall see you all next week. And if I think of it, I'll put a link to that post in the show notes. But chances are I won't think of it. (laughs) All right. We'll see you then. Uh, I'm Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I'm Emmy. Bye. Bye.